morning and welcome to Real Truth for Today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here, the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. Well, it is Monday, June 26th, and uh, yesterday at church, uh, the church was so gracious, they uh, mentioned that my birthday was yesterday, and uh, they were very... um, very kind and very encouraging as they uh, as they wish me a happy birthday and so I was uh, very blessed and uh, on Sunday on Sunday mornings we've been going through the Ten Commandments I've never done a series on the Ten Commandments until now and so I've been in the ministry for a good while but uh, I was challenged to do a series on the Ten Commandments and it has been wonderful obviously it's very topical when you do a series on the Ten Commandments, because when you get into the vertical, to the horizontal commandments, we were on Commandment 8 yesterday, you shall not steal. And really, when it gets into all those uh, verticals, uh, all those horizontals, you know, you have four vertical commandments as it relates to our relationship with God. Jesus said the greatest commandment is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. And then he said, the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands hang the whole law and the prophets. And so we like to say in, in uh, the pulpit, uh, two tablets of stone, one tablet, first four commandments, all vertical uh, about loving the Lord. We worship God only. We worship God rightly. Shall I... Second commandment, no, no idols in worship. You worship God. Third commandment, reverently. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. And then re- remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. You worship God regularly. And so the first four, all vertical. And then the next six, starting with honor your father and mother, all horizontal. And so it's the two commandments that Jesus said on these two hang the whole law and the prophets. And so they're short. So it's honor your father and mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. That's commandment number five. And then you shall not murder. Commandment number six. Commandment number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Commandment number eight, you shall not steal. Commandment number nine, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And then commandment number 10, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your, covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. So yesterday... We talked about the Eighth Commandment, you shall not steal. And I shared this statistic. I ran across this in in my studies. Uh, Barna did a, uh, they did a survey, and when it comes to the Ten Commandments, you know, we look at a lot of these commandments and we say, oh, I'm not doing so well on that. But when it comes to the Eighth Commandment, you shall not steal, 86% of the people surveyed said, I keep that commandment. I do not steal. And uh, that is a superficial reading of the Ten Commandments when we look at that and say, well, we don't steal. Jesus dealt with that in the Sermon on the Mount because the people, everything, uh, and this is the the key uh, key insight of the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are more than external. Everything that God Uh, communicates with us and wants us to learn and know deals with the heart. Uh, 
in the book of Proverbs. Give me your heart, my son, and let your eyes delight in my ways. God is concerned about heart. The, the Lord doesn't see as man sees, God told Samuel. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And David was chosen as king, 1 Samuel 16, because he had a heart for God. And so heart is key. And when Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount, what did he do? He took the external commandments that the Jews had had taken the Ten Commandments and said it was just external. So you shall not commit murder. And the people would say, well, I haven't murdered anybody. And Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit murder. But I say to you, if you're angry with your brother, you're guilty to go into the fiery hell. So it was a, it's a matter of the heart. He said, you've heard it said, you shall not, uh, you, the first one, you shall not murder. The second one, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, whoever looks on a woman to lust for her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. And so the people would say, hey, we're doing good on the Ten Commandments. We haven't murdered. But have you hated anybody? Well, sure, they hated a lot of people. They hated the Samaritans. They hated the Gentiles. They hated the Romans. They hated a bunch of people. And so they were guilty of breaking uh, the sixth commandment. They were guilty of breaking the seventh commandment. You shall not commit adultery. Well, they had done that over and over and over and over again in their hearts. And just like that, when we look at you shall not steal, we can immediately say, well, I, I don't do that. I haven't done that. But you drill down and you find out, well, wait a minute, maybe I have done that. And so what I shared with the church yesterday, I said, you know, we look at, at the, the big one about stealing, and that's committing the crime of robbery. Uh, that's the one where, you know, you put on a mask and you get some kind of a gun or a knife or some kind of a weapon, and you, you go after the jewelry store, the, the drug store, uh, go to the bank, uh, and, and you're going to, hey, put all the money in this black bag, you know, that kind of thing uh, that we think about in terms of stealing, committing robbery. And people do that. Obviously, that is on the rise. If you follow the news and you see how uh, store after store after store is having people come in and uh, shoplift just without any sense of stealth. It's just, I come in, I have a big bag, I'm just going to put all this stuff in the bag or in the cart, whether it's a grocery store or whether it's a department store, and I just take all this stuff, and what are you going to do about it? And the, uh, the whiz-bangs in some of the liberal uh, places, states, they say, well, we don't, don't prosecute anything under $2,000 which is just like putting a welcome mat out for these companies to the crooks, saying, hey, you can take anything you want, uh, just trying to keep it under $2,000. That's ridiculous. And uh, people have no shame. There's no fear of God. And they'll just, um, they're not trying to hide their faces. They, they just, hey, we're going to come in here and we're going to take whatever we want. And if you don't like it, tough. And so the Lord sees that. And uh, Solomon said, when uh, the conclusion when all has been uh, done is fear God and keep his commandments because this applies to every person for the Lord will bring every act to judgment everything which is hidden whether it is good or evil and so we need to live in the fear of the Lord Psalm 20 or Proverbs 23 my son do not let your heart envy sinners but live in the fear of the Lord 
always, always. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, watching the evil and the good. And those people who are taking things that don't belong to them, taking what belongs to another person, stealing from uh, a company or stealing from a sole proprietorship, you're, you're, you're committing the sin of robbery. And God is going, the, the court system in America may not uh, penalize you for that because we've become so corrupt, but God will. And you're going to have to give an account to God one day. So people steal that way, and we think, well, yeah, I don't do that. I've never robbed a bank. I've never robbed a convenience store. I might have uh, shoplifted when I was a little kid a, a piece of gum or a candy bar or something like that. But uh, that's a minor, minor thing uh, in comparison. That's still stealing, obviously. But most people, 86%, yeah, I don't do that. So... Is that the only way we break the Eighth Commandment? You shall not steal. Now, how how about when you think about work? How do you do at work? Uh, Lots of people steal from their employers. And I'm not talking about just taking things home from the office, pens or what have you, Uh, although it belongs to the office. It doesn't belong to you. It's not just something you can take home if you want. But uh, lots of people are stealing time. We're, we're not giving an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. And we're forgetting that uh, our employer is not some corporation. It's not some boss somewhere. Our employer is the Lord. This is what Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 3. Slaves, In all things, obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. So your boss, if you really, really think about it, your boss is the Lord Jesus Christ. You're working, whatever your job is, you're working for him. Now, if we have a job that is immoral, uh, is, is some kind of shady business, uh, we need to get out of there. You can't, you can't work for the Lord if you're uh, a loan shark. Uh, my favorite movie character of all time is Rocky Balboa. What, did, what was his job in Rocky One? He worked for a, a mafia guy, and he broke people's legs that didn't pay their, uh, their loans. That, that's, not a, uh, that's not a job that God can honor. So we need to work in some kind of an honorable business. And, uh, and then when we work there, we just know, hey, we're working for the Lord. He's really our boss. He sees what we do. So I want to work with all my heart. I want to work in the sincerity of my heart, not as a a man pleaser. You know, there's a, there's the old expression, when the cat's away, the mice will play. And so some people work when the boss is watching them, but as soon as the boss is gone, then they goof around and then they play around and then they uh, give, you know, 50%. Well, that's not right because the Lord sees us the whole time we're there. Now, I had a terrible work ethic when I was a, a non-Christian uh, high school student working a summer job for Cypher, Cypress Fairbanks Maintenance Department, and I had a really hot job. I was raking rocks at Cypress Creek High School when it first opened, 
and we were having to rake rocks on the football field to get them all out of there. And it was hot, and it was miserable, and it was boring. And uh, we, we worked hard to try and keep ourselves out of work, uh, to try and hide, to try and find a place to sleep when, hey, the boss isn't coming around, let's goof off. And we did a lot of that. Well, that was stealing. That was wrong. I didn't know at that time much about the Eighth Commandment, but uh, we didn't think about it that way. Well, we need to think about it that way because the Lord sees what we do. And so I had this question that I posed to the church yesterday. I said, okay, so if you, you work for an employer, you work for a boss, if you were the boss, if you were the employer, if you owned the company, would you want to hire you, a person like you? Uh, is a person like you somebody that uh, is, is a good, solid employee, takes responsibility, works hard, gets the job done? Or is a person like you somebody who squanders his or her time and does subpar work and is all the time uh, looking for opportunities to not do the job at hand? Uh, would you hire you? That's a great question to ask. But hey, that's a form of stealing when we're getting paid, but we're not doing the work. How about this one? How about when we cheat people in business? Uh, w that happens all the time. We, why do we have to have uh, very uh, detailed contracts? It's because people at the core are cheats. And if you don't spell it out, you know, it used to be a man's handshake was his bond. My word is my bond, and I'm shaking on it, and that means we have a deal. But uh, nowadays, it's not like that. And the Eighth Commandment, you shall not steal, really bleeds into the Ninth Commandment, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not lie. God hates lying. Well, you're listening to Real Truth for Today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, and we're talking today about the Eighth Commandment, you shall not steal. And we're digging down and drilling down on this commandment to see if there's some corruption in our hearts so that we can get it out, so that we can be the people God wants us to be, so we can be shining examples of what it means to walk in the light with Jesus Christ. So we're up against a break, but we're coming right back, don't go away. Oops, there's a piece I missed a little bit. Grandpa, why do we always pick up litter when we go hiking? Well, we're just making it nicer for people who come after us a little bit. It's called stewardship. My grandfather taught me that you should always leave a place better than you found it. That it's important to invest in the lives of your children and grandchildren, leaving them with a godly legacy they can build on. That's why I decided to set up a charitable gift annuity with the AFA Foundation. It's called stewardship. I know that my gift will support a ministry that honors the biblical principles I hold dear, and it's a way to invest in the future of our country. The AFA Foundation also arranged for me to have a steady fixed income, so I don't have to worry in the midst of changing times. Call the AFA Foundation today to find out how you can set up a charitable gift annuity. Just call 800-326-4543, extension 345. 
to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. That is the mission of the Christian Worldview Radio Program. I'm host David Wheaton, inviting you to join us this Saturday morning at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, as we discuss all matters of life and faith from a decidedly biblical perspective. The Christian Worldview, Saturday mornings at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, right here on American Family Radio. If I visualize my problems without God in the picture, I'm depressed. And truly, much praying can be depressing because we give God the grocery list of all of our problems and we've forgotten the greatness of the one to whom we pray. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, The Tender Warrior, next time on Turning Point. 5.30 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central on American Family Radio. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. Hey, we've set our dates for the 2024 tour to Israel, and you can read about that at twholyland.com. That's twholyland.com. We've got the date, we've got the cost, we've got the itinerary, everything you want to know there, including a bunch of pictures you can look at. Uh, just go to the website, twholyland.com. Folks, we're going to visit the land of the Bible, and it's going to be my 30th time to go. I'm just so excited every time to see the faces light up as people see Jerusalem and Bethlehem and Jericho and take a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee and get baptized in the Jordan River. It's just a wonderful time in Israel, the Holy Land. So if you want to join us on our trip in March, go to the website, twholyland.com, twholyland.com, and check it out. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here. We're talking about the eighth commandment. You shall not steal. You shall not take what doesn't belong to some, uh, to you. you. You shall not carry away what belongs to someone else. I had an interesting uh, experience on uh, on. Thursday, I think it was Thursday afternoon or Friday. No, it was Friday. Uh, I was playing golf and the course was fairly full. And so I hit a shot and um, it went uh, hitting it uh, kind of over a, a little bit of a, of a hill. And so I couldn't see where it landed. I knew I sprayed it off to the left. And so I went down there to try and find it, and I was driving all around the cart, and was thinking, well, it should be right in here or whatever. And uh, there was this, uh, this older gentleman with his, I think it's his daughter. And he was playing, and all of a sudden he said, are you looking for this green ball? And I said, yeah, that was it. He said, well, I picked it up. I didn't know it was yours. And uh, and then I didn't say anything. I said, okay, well, thanks. And he's like, you know, I, I didn't know it was yours. And uh, I said, okay, well, that's good. I mean, you, you knew it wasn't yours, uh, and there are other people playing, and you knew that there are other guys out here. So chances are that's somebody's shot. And I, I, I thought it was funny. He was, he was almost, at least from my perspective, almost perturbed that, and I didn't even say anything. And then uh, his, his daughter said, well, we know who you are. You're the preacher, so you can't get mad. I was like, I'm not mad anyway. But uh, 
anyway, I thought that was kind of funny, and it kind of I thought about that when I was putting together the sermon. Uh, I didn't know it was yours. Well, yeah, but when we take things, we know they're not ours. Now, typically playing golf, if you find a ball in the weeds, uh, that's fair game. Uh, but when you find a ball that's out there in the open, uh, you have to just kind of think that's probably somebody's shot because nobody uh, just lets a ball go like that. They would come and get it. So how do we break the Eighth Commandment? Well, we had said earlier, hey, if you commit the crime of robbery, uh, this is a stick-up type thing. You're obviously uh, breaking the Eighth Commandment. If you fail to give uh, an honest day's work for an honest day's pay, you're breaking the Eighth Commandment. You're stealing from your employer. Uh, And then when we think about cheating in business, this was a common thing that people did. I mean, people, uh, ancient people, ancient Israel, uh, the Lord had to give commands about that because they, at the core, sinners cheat people. We're always looking at how can we get a leg up. And and here's the, the issue that we struggle with. All of us struggle with this. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other. He'll despise the one and cling to the other. You cannot serve God and wealth, God and money, God and mammon, as it says in the New American Standard. And so we have a problem with the love of money creeping into our hearts. And uh, when when we uh, see something that we want, you know, the, the commandments kind of all fit together. So the 10th the commandment, you shall not covet. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, your neighbor's spouse, anything that belongs to your neighbor. When your heart desires that and then you go after it and you take it, hey, I'm going to take what you have. Well, that is stealing. That's coveting that turns into stealing. And we're all the time looking at deals where uh, how can I cheat this guy in business? You know, business needs to be a win-win. You win, I win. I give you this amount of money, and that's a fair price for the service, for the product that I'm buying, and the service, the product, is solid. It's not uh, something that is, uh, you know, half-baked. Uh, give you an example. So in, uh, in pottery in the olden days, uh, if, a, if a plate or a cup or a dish, uh, it could, in the process of making that pottery, it could get a crack in it. And so unscrupulous uh, dealers would put wax in the crack in the pottery. So when you were buying it, you couldn't tell that, hey, this has a hairline crack in it. And so what, they, what people would do is they, before they would buy it, they would take the plate and they would put it in the sunlight and raise it up toward the sun to see if there's any wax filling up cracks. And if that uh, piece of pottery passed the sun test, it was considered to be sincere. That's how we get that word sincere, sun-tested. And uh, if you put it up to the wax you, or to the sun and you saw the wax, you'd know, hey, this is, they're trying to sell me something that is uh, subpar. I don't want to buy that. I put in, you know, some kind of hot liquid into a cup that has a crack in it. Well, it's going to break. And so people have always 
uh, since since the fall in the garden. They've always been unscrupulous in business. And the Bible says this, differing weights and differing measures, both of them are abominable to the Lord. That's repulsive to the Lord when you cheat people on a business deal. Differing weights and differing measures. So an unscrupulous uh, merchant would have certain weights that he'd try and pass off as, okay, this is, this is uh, one gram. And, you know, when you're paying for things in, in silver or gold, hey, this is, this is my weight, one gram, so I know how much gold to take from you. Well, they would have a heavier weight when they were buying, so their gold would be worth more, and a lighter weight uh, when they were selling, so your gold would be worth less, so they would cheat you. And they would cheat the wholesaler, and they would cheat the, uh, the buyer. And interestingly, archaeologists in Israel some years ago, they found a stone that had two marks on it, two marks for uh, a gerar, G-E-R-A-H, gerar, I'm sorry, gerar is how you pronounce that, and it should be 1.14 grams. So that this guy had a stone that they uncovered that had two marks. This is supposed to be 1.14 grams. They put it on the scale, and it was 3.61 grams. So obviously that guy was a cheater. And so we steal when we cheat people in business. And remember this, God commands us to pay the people that we owe. That's a form of stealing when you don't pay, when you get goods and services and you don't pay for them or you don't pay the price the person has uh, told you is the price for that product. Here's what the Lord says in James chapter 5, behold the pay of the laborers who mowed your fields. He's James 5, he's talking about the rich. The pay of the laborers who mowed your fields and which has been withheld by you cries out against you and the outcry of those who did the harvesting has reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth, the Lord of armies. That should strike fear into anybody's heart. When you cheat people in business, that comes into the ears of the Lord. He says, you shall not steal and especially when you are a relatively wealthy person stealing from the poor and the needy how horrible is that and then I shared with the church yesterday one of the big ways that so many people steal is when it comes to giving to the Lord honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine, Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. We, uh, we rob God. It, it, he says that point blank in the book of Malachi. And Malachi, the Lord says, return to me and I will return to you. I did a series on the book of Malachi some years ago. Malachi is just four chapters, the last uh, book of the Old Testament. And I called, it, I called the series Return to Me from Malachi 3.7. And the Lord says, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Well, what are we, how are we going to return to you, Lord? And then he goes directly into stealing and stealing from him. Will a man rob God? 
Yeah, the, the Lord asked that question of the people. Will a man rob God? They answer, well, certainly not. Who? No man would rob God. Will a man rob God? But you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you, Lord? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. They weren't giving to God and bringing their tithes and giving their offerings they were giving God the scraps, the leftovers of their lives. It, it was so bad in the book of Malachi that if they had a, a lamb that had been torn apart in the field by a, a wolf or something like that, the Lord had said in, the, in uh, the law, hey, you don't offer that. You don't eat that. You give that to the dogs. That's dog food. But they were taking that which had been torn in the field and bringing it as an offering to the Lord. They were offering to, the, to God their scraps. They were offering him their dog food, so to speak. And uh, you talk about insulting. Uh, the Lord says this, But curse be the swindler who has a male in his flock and vows it, but sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of angel armies, and my name is feared among the nations. How dare you offer to the King of kings and Lord of lords your scraps, your blemished animals, that which is torn in the field. And we today, we say, well, you know, we're going to give God the leftovers. We're going to give God a, a little, you know, 2% tip, uh, whatever it might be. We're just, you know, here's a couple of bucks we throw into the plate. God says, I'm a great king. You spend way more on your pleasures than you do on giving to me and honoring me from your wealth. Now, some people say, well, you know, uh, Jeff, Malachi's Old Testament, that's under the law. We're not under the law, we're under grace. Here's the thing to remember. When Jesus would speak of the law, uh, Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, he would take the law and he raised the bar. He never lowered the bar. Adrian Rogers used to say, uh, God forbid that a Jew under law would outgive a Christian under grace. And, and giving is just an overflow of your heart. It, and, and the 10%, the tithe is the Lord's. That 10% belongs to God. We don't give the tithe, we bring the tithe because that is God's. And when you're not uh, bringing to God what belongs to him, you are robbing him. And so we want to give generously. We want to give freely. Uh, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Let each one do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And the Lord loves a generous giver. Jesus said, give, Luke 6, 38, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken over, run, running, shaken together, running over. They will pour into your lap, for by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. What is your standard of measure? What do you think is a lot? God says, whatever you think is a lot, that's how I'm going to give back to you. So if you think a dollar is a lot, then the Lord says, okay, well, I'll give it in kind to you. I'll give a, a dollar back to you. But if you're a generous person, you say, oh, I'm going to be generous, generous in my giving to the Lord, generous in my giving to people in need, 
then God will generously give back to you. R.J. Letourneau was the uh, president and founder of, of the big earth-moving company, Letourneau Company, uh, whatever it was called, Letourneau Incorporated. But anyway, he was a, R.J. Letourneau was a great Christian, uh, R.G. Letourneau, and great Christian and a great giver. And he would give and give and give. And he said uh, he got to the place where he was giving 90% to the Lord and his work, and he was keeping 10% for himself and for his own bills. And uh, he said, listen, he said, here's how it works in my life. I shovel it out, and God shovels it back to me, and God has a bigger shovel. And so the more I give, it's the more that God gives to me. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. They will pour into your lap, for by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. I love this story I came across uh, dealing with generosity. It had to do with Alexander of Macedon. We know him as Alexander the Great, the great conqueror in the 300s BC, uh, the emperor of Greece. And one day he passed a poor beggar by the side of the road, and that guy was begging for alms. And the emperor was there with his entourage, and the emperor threw him several gold coins. Now one of his guys in his entourage was just shocked that the emperor gave this guy so much money, gold coins. And he said, sire, he said, he's a poor beggar. Copper coins would have adequately met this beggar's needs. And Alexander said this, copper coins suit the beggar's needs, but gold coins suit Alexander's giving. I love that. Alexander was saying, hey, I am a generous king. A generous king doesn't give copper to a beggar. A generous king gives gold. Makes me think of that little poem as it relates to prayer. You are coming to a king. Large petitions with you bring, for his grace and power are such no one can ever ask too much. God is a generous, lavish giver. You and I need to be generous and lavish in the gifts that God has given us to use those to further his kingdom and to share his word around the world. Only three things last forever, forever, God, his word, and people. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. And we need to invest in the kingdom to reach people for Christ. Well, when we come back, we'll open the phone lines, 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. I'd love to hear from you on this topic of giving. You shall not steal. You shall be honest in your business dealings and give generously to the Lord. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Todd Nettleton with the Voice of the Martyrs Radio, inviting you to the Hearts of Fire virtual event on July 14th. This is a one-of-a-kind virtual event that highlights stories from persecuted Christians around the world. This event will benefit the global body of Christ and inspire you in your own walk of faith. Hear from four persecuted Christians, plus join in worship along with Michael W. Smith. To register as an individual or host this event at your church, visit heartsevent.com. 
What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe that our ministry, as well as everything in the heavens and on earth, belongs to God, and our role is that of a trusted manager. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. In the book of Isaiah, the word tells us, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. In the same way, without careful planning, your financial goals could blow away like the seeds of a dandelion. It's never too early or too late to consider how a charitable gift annuity can help you meet the financial goals you've set for your loved ones, your causes, and yourself. Give AFA Foundation a call at 800-326-4543, extension 345, or visit our website, afafoundation.net. Let us explain how a charitable gift annuity can help you achieve your goals. As we read in Proverbs, the plans of the diligent lead to profit. Our phone number again is 800-326-4543, extension 345. And our website is afafoundation.net. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here, and uh, we've been talking about the Eighth Commandment. You shall not steal. Don't take what doesn't belong to you. And you know what's interesting? When we think of the very first sin, the sin in the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter 3, you eat of this fruit and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Well, Eve disobeyed. Adam disobeyed. Eve was deceived. Adam just disobeyed. Uh, He wasn't deceived, but he disobeyed. And uh, when we think about that sin, thievery was involved because the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was the only tree they could eat from that tree belong that fruit of that tree belonged to God and it didn't belong to them they could eat of the tree of life but they couldn't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and they were thieves they took what did not belong to them what God had not given them permission to take and uh, sinned against the Lord so you shall not steal is a key command. Now we're going to the phone lines, 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. We have Bobby on the line from Texas. Bobby, welcome to the program. 
thank you, Pastor Jeff, for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, I've been listening this morning, and I've just been uh, trying to holler at the radio to get get you to tell us what does God say if we don't bring to Him. He says He puts holes in our purse. Right. So all these little <laughs> accidents that people think are accidents is actually God putting holes in your purse because you're not you're robbing from Him. So all of us have done it. And uh, the very first time God got a hold of me, I went to church and I tithed my my ten percent, regardless of what it was. That very week, I needed five thousand dollars to pay an attorney, some other things, sir. And God brought to me five thousand two hundred dollars worth of work that week. <laughs> oh wow! So I just challenge anybody to to if God's word says challenge me here challenging people because he is faithful and i love you sir you have a good day hey thank you bobby great word okay so he was referring to the book of haggai and uh in haggai chapter one it says this thus says the lord of hosts now we've been running into that little phrase that's yahweh Sabaoth, the lord of angel armies and anytime god refers to himself as that uh way uh that as i said that should strike uh, uh, some healthy fear into our hearts because the Lord is a warrior. Thus says the Lord of hosts, this people says the time has not come, even the time for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. And, you know, it, when they came back from captivity, the house of the Lord was uh, in ruins for a long time. It says, then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet saying, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies desolate? You say it's not time to rebuild the temple, but you rebuilt your house. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much, but harvest little. You eat, but there is not enough to be satisfied. You drink, but there is not enough to become drunk. You put on clothing, but no one is warm enough. And he who earns, earns wages to put into a purse with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways Go up to the mountains, bring wood and rebuild the temple that I may be pleased with it and be glorified, says the Lord. You look for much, but behold, it comes to little. When you bring it home, I blow it away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house, which lies desolate, while each of you runs to his own house. Therefore, because of you, the sky has withheld its dew and the earth has withheld its produce. And I called for a drought on the land, on the mountains, on the grain, on the new wine, on the oil, on what the ground produces, on men, on cattle, and on all the labor of your hands. Hey, when you rob God and you spend all your, uh, your money on yourself and your pleasures and you don't honor the Lord from your wealth, your barns aren't filled with plenty and your vats don't overflow with new wine. And here's the thing about the tithe. The tithe, the book of Leviticus says, the tithe is the Lord's. Uh, we, don't, we don't, as I said earlier, we don't give the tithe. We bring the tithe. That is the Lord's. Just like when you work for your company, your paycheck is not a gift. It's what you earned. And if they said, well, we're not going to give that to you, uh, it's like, wait a minute you I that belongs to me I I did so much work and you were supposed to pay me for the work the tithe is the Lord's 
And if we start robbing God, well, he takes note of that. And the Lord says, okay, well, you're not going to, to bring me what belongs to me. Well, I'll, as Adrian Rogers, I still remember a sermon that he preached. He said, you can bring the tithe or God will extract the tithe. And, uh, and you're not going to be blessed. And here's the principle on tithing. When you honor God with 10%, and, and the tithe is just the, it's the ground floor. We, we want to give more than that. Zacchaeus, when he got saved, what did he say? Lord, half my possessions I give to the poor. And so in the New Testament, giving is, is generous and lavish. We, that's how we give to the Lord because we're so grateful and so thankful and, uh, and as we give to him, he blesses us. And if we don't, then we don't have the blessings of God. And we desperately need the blessings of God. And here's the other thing about giving. As I said earlier, you have a problem, I have a problem, we have a problem with the love of money. See, because money is one of those things we have to have money to live and so money is a, is a great servant. It's a terrible master. But it's all the time kind of trying to, to wiggle its way in there to become master. And you can't serve two masters. And so Jesus is our master. And we need to make sure that money stays in its rightful place as servant so we don't let it take the throne of our lives and make all our decisions based on money. We make our decisions based on, Lord, what do you want me to do? Not my will, but yours be done. And when you practice giving to the Lord and giving to his work and giving to the church, because Jesus said, upon this rock, speaking of himself, upon this Petra, this big rock, Peter is Petra's little rock, upon this rock, Petra, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so when we give to further the ministries of the church and the preaching of the word of God and reaching people for Jesus Christ, we become, uh, we, we invest in his kingdom and he is able to bless and his hand of blessing will be upon us. And listen, I don't look to any man to provide my needs. I look to God to provide my needs. I remember early on uh, when I came to First Baptist Texarkana, uh, there, was, there was some trouble. And uh, people, you know, after, oh, I don't know, maybe two months, some people, maybe less than that, didn't like me. And uh, so there, after about six months, it kind of came to a head, and it was, uh, I don't, didn't know if I was going to stay, or actually five months, didn't know if I was going to be able to stay, and there were some, some issues with staff and some things, and some of the members got upset, and I said, listen, here's the thing, uh, I'm, I'm not looking to you to meet my needs, and I'm not going to be uh, intimidated by the fact that you have money and you'll withhold your money uh, from the church or, or something like that. You know, p- try and put the squeeze on me because I'm, I'm, uh, my, my uh, support comes from the Lord. And I look to him to meet my needs. And I'm not looking to you. And if you don't want to give, then don't give. If you want to leave here, then leave here. But uh, I'm not going to back away from uh, what I believe is the truth of, of the direction God wants us to go and, and the truth of Scripture. And so um, I think that when people recognize, hey, I can't, I can't uh, sway this guy with money, 
because money is not my master. You know, if you've ever seen the, the advertisements, especially for sales jobs, uh, they always ask you, are you money motivated? And, uh, you know, they want salesmen, especially commission salesmen, they want them to be money motivated. Why? Because you're going to get out there and, and work if you're money motivated. Well, I'd rather have somebody be God motivated because when you're God motivated, regardless of the job, you want to do a good job. And if doing a good job results in uh, a nice payday, well, that is a that is a great bonus. But uh, really, the the reward comes from the Lord, knowing that at the end of the day, I can put my head upon my pillow and say, you know, Lord, I worked hard today to serve you. First uh, Corinthians ten thirty one says. Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And so, as Martin Luther used to say, a dairy maid can milk cows to the glory of God if she does it uh, for the Lord. And so, whatever your job is, maybe you say, you know, I have a, a tough manual labor job. I have to dig ditches or I work in uh, sanitation or work at a, a sewer plant or whatever it is hey, that's good, honest work, and those are positions that we need uh, in our country for things to to work right and for communities to function. So you need to feel good about what you do. Do your work heartily as unto the Lord. Don't steal from your employer. And with what God gives you, as Jacob said, Lord, whatever you give me, I will give a tenth to you to just show to God in, in, in your actions. Lord, I just want you to know it all belongs to you, and you're just giving to me, and I'm just a steward. I don't own this. I'm just the manager of it, and I want to manage it in a way that's pleasing to you. Well, our good friend Naomi is on the line from Pennsylvania. Naomi, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Uh, you're feeling better, yeah? Yes, feeling better. Thank you. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yes, so it's only one scripture that I'm going to bring, and that one is John 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandment. So that means, you know, Jesus tells us that if you love me, especially, you know, to those born again, if you love me, keep my commandment. Why is that? Because he knows that his commandment, the law of God, is written on our heart. So therefore, if we know that the Ten Commandments is written on the two tablets of our heart. Believe it or not, we have to keep it, we have to love it, we have to obey it. Now, we don't want to do it perfectly because we are still in the flesh. But, but we have to continue to have a fight, you know, between the, the spirit and the flesh and say no to sin and say yes to the spirit by walking daily, abiding in the word of the Lord and try to do what he you know what pleases him. Amen. That's a good word for sure. Well, anything else to add to that, Naomi? Nope. Just I hope uh, one day to you bring, you know, the because I know that you are uh, uh, giving some sermons, you know, by the Ten Commandments. So please, please, do uh, uh, the, uh, the you shall not misuse the name of the Lord in vain, because this is an epidemic right now that we have, Pastor Jeff, all right. over the place. You know, wherever we go, we hear using the name of the Lord in vain. Mm -hmm. That's very, very, very sad when, we, when He is our Creator, our Father, 
You know, we had to fear him. And just like uh, Solomon says, uh, uh, you know, above all things, fear God and keep his commandments. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Naomi. I always Have appreciate nice you too. I always appreciate hearing from you. Uh, there is such a disrespect for God, and there's no fear of God before the eyes of the people. Uh, I, I do, before the program uh, each morning, I'll go on Twitter and see what's trending. And uh, what was trending this morning is the Sodom and Gomorrah. People are using that Sodom and Gomorrah because they're these these pride parades, and they're just... Uh, they're just flaunting their sin, and fools march to to flaunt their sin. Uh, the Bible says in Psalm chapter, I think it's Psalm chapter 12, the wicked strut about on every side when vileness is exalted among the sons of men. And that's what we see taking place in America today. We're just exalting vileness. Well, eventually, just like Sodom and Gomorrah, God is going to say, enough enough. I've had enough. This is my world. The the earth is the Lord's and all it contains. And you have polluted my uh, world long enough. And God will wipe out, just like he wiped out Sodom and Gomorrah. He's going to wipe out uh, cities and nations that mock him and uh, shake their fist in his face and strut about on every side and uh, we see that happening in America. It is repulsive. Uh, Pride month. Uh, We desperately need to humble ourselves and pray and seek his face. And listen, Christians hold the key. And so when vileness is exalted among the sons of men as it is being exalted in America, we need to stand up, speak the truth in love, Jenna was talking about that in her program, speaking the truth in love and uh, tell people that Jesus is mighty to save and if they'll repent and put their faith and trust in him, he will save them. And if they don't, the judgment is coming because God is the righteous judge. And he says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Well, go out today and do just that. Shine for Christ and share what great things the Lord has done for you. Speak the truth in love. Be his witness and see God use your life in a great way. I'll be with you again tomorrow. God bless. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.